Hello and good morning. I was so lucky about 10 days ago to tune in the TV station BBC4. It's hardly a station that I tune into because I tend to ration my TV watching time and so make good use of seeing the sort of programs I'm interested in apart from the news. But during the prom season I find myself so eager to watch whatever I can snatch of any broadcast of concerts that come on air. This just reminds me of my young days when I would book a few evenings in the season and especially when it allows me to attend the famous last night at the proms. I sway and tap my feet and wave with my two outstretched arms singing, among other things, Rule Britannia. Ah, sadly, I'm now too old for that. And so I'm glad when I can watch or listen to anything on TV or radio. What fascinated me most of all was the program that I tuned into just by chance, because the title was Public Service Broadcast, and the program was conducted in such an informal manner, with the players in T-shirts and other casual dress, but uh, just as significantly was how they brought in a replica of a typical radio set of the pre-war and early post-war era. You know the one, the large wooden set with rounded top and a few knobs in front of the dial, as well as the net covering the microphone. They reproduced the sound of these radio sets in a well-dispersed manner, according to the actual tunes played. And interspersed with all this were recordings of the then Prime Minister Disraeli, as well as the principles of public service broadcast, as announced by Lord John Reith, the master planner who put together the original project for the BBC. And that was the British Broadcasting Company, as it was called, and that started in 1922. So they were celebrating the centenary. Now, as a person who has had the experience of radio at that time in history, the retro-type performance was uh, music to my ears. On another performance, again I had one of the best pieces composed by no other than the world's favorite composer, yes, Ludwig van Beethoven and what was arguably the, his best sim symphony. Yes, you've guessed it again, the chorale, or the choral symphony number nine. And, yes, again, with the ode of joy. The beauty of this symphony, with its four movements, is the combination of the music with the choral rendition. Probably the best ode of joy anyone can listen to and be moved. In the inaugural performance of this symphony in Vienna on the 7th of May 1824, that's 200 years ago approximately, Beethoven conducted it himself. He was then stone deaf and the administrators had to turn him round to watch the jubilation of the audience. I can go on and on about the proms and music and so on. But the purpose of my talk this morning is about the BBC itself and how I look at it 
as a cherished national treasure. But sadly, it's being subjected to some undermining on several fronts. On the one hand, there is a real competition now, both in radio and television. Some of the competitors have deep pockets and are able to spend on production, attracting best people in the field, whether in the programme-making sectors or the acting and broadcasting services. On the other hand, there is criticism regarding impartiality, objectivity and quality of programmes. And then there are two other factors. How do you finance a public service broadcast? And how to deal with the people employed by the BBC? As a senior citizen, I was for many years exempt from the license fees. Now I have to pay, albeit a reduced annual subscription. That was difficult. Not because it causes a financial burden on me personally, but, but because it is never a welcome situation when one enjoys an exemption and then loses it. Of course, for some pensioners, even this small amount of outlay can be a source of anxiety, if not more. But what annoyed me most of late is the attitude of the so-called superstars of the BBC. These are the presenters who were brought up by the BBC, nurtured by the BBC, learning the best in broadcast within the BBC, and earning good six-figure salaries way above the value that they might bring to public service broadcasting. I shall not name names, but I'm sure many are following the recent resignations and the poaching by other broadcasting services. These prima donnas, male or female, did not go quietly and gratefully, but started casting calumnies and criticisms, forgetting how the BBC was the reason of their making and how gracious they should really be to the BBC. The question of the BBC itself has to, has to change and the formula that served it for a hundred years needs to change. And that's obviously another issue and can only be addressed by the government. It is their major role in that aspect of BBC contract. And it's beyond my ability to give any thoughts or make any suggestions. But I'm sure the experts within the BBC and the outer world of broadcasting will have a thought or two and time is running out before the BBC charter comes up for renewal. In the meantime, I'm happily tuning to the BBC and as many people of my age perhaps the radio is a bigger friend than the TV, but no doubt both are valuable. And I shall keep listening to Radio 1, Radio 4, Radio 3, and of course, uh, whispering it so that Jim Davy, the BBC Director General, doesn't hear, I also listen to Classic FM and to Times Radio, Sky and others. That is a rich mix. And the time when the BBC was almost a monopoly is far gone. This competition is in order and I will always be open to any medium that satisfies my intellect and entertainment. 
but at heart, I'm a BBC man. So please, my dear auntie, do not let me down. Goodbye.